Going back to the NBA, uh, great to uh, to be joined now by the, from the LA Times, Dan Roykey, as we get set for the Raptors and the Lakers tonight. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Guys, thank you for having me. I'm a, I'm a big Chicago Bears fan, actually, so it's a, it's a happy day. That's Let's right. Let's hear your reaction. There you Let's go. Let's hear your reaction. So I will tell you, <laughs> I've been I've been uh, so I've been cleaning my my house, um, getting ready for for some stuff. It's been rare to have a few days home. And the, the Lakers schedule has been such where uh, March, they're home the whole entire time. So, guys, I will be honest. You guys just broke the news to me. Um, I knew they were going to trade out of the, 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 the number one pick. I'm happy they did so. Um, and I think Justin Fields is – I was trying to explain this to people. Like, it, it's a weird thing, and maybe you guys can relate in some ways to this. This was the best Bears season that I can remember since the Super Bowl year. Mm-hmm. I had such a good time this year with this team. Justin Fields is really fun to watch. Uh, they didn't do anything to screw up their draft stock, and uh, you know now uh, now let's uh, let's let's go in. That's kind of my that's kind of my that's my sort of feeling on this. Uh, the Bears, Bears Nation, like you guys, better not screw this up now because <laughs> it, it's a very well, proud fan base, and they're like we don't like Maple Leaf fans here in the city that we work in. They're like. We want this to be right one of these years. Is that kind of the sentiment from the Bears I would say fans? It's a very cynical fan base too. So it's sort of like you know to hear you even just say the word "screw it up." I'm like, well, that's probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the buzz around the What's the buzz around the NBA about Fred Van Vliet's little spiel Ooh. about the refereeing? Is that like well spent money? Does that bring attention to what the referees are doing? Is it piss off the referees? What is kind of the the, sure. the fallout or the outcome of that little spiel that he had? So I'm very curious to see kind of how he's officiated tonight, right? Because, like, by rule, right, like, this stuff should not matter. I mean, not by rule, but by sort of, you know, like, that's the idea is that you try to be as unhuman as possible in this. And I have a lot of symp- sympathy um, at my core for NBA officials. I think it's a a pretty thankless job, um, you know, crazy road schedules. They, um, they travel a lot like, you know, the, the media does in terms of flying commercial and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I've gotten to know some of the guys you see them around at airports and hotels and stuff like that. And, and I think it's a really hard job. Um, that being said, if you're going to criticize the ref, like, I, I mean, I think, I think Fred, like he, um, you know, I, I don't want to say they should name an award after him for that performance, but I kind of <laughs> feel like that they, they should. That that is sort of like from here, like from henceforth, anytime anybody is fined for criticizing the officials, like you call it like a Van Vliet. Because, like, it's going to be hard to do better than that. It was pointed. He was calm, which, by the way, is always scarier. Like, if you've ever been in, like, an argument with, like, a big, scary guy, and if he's just, like, calm and saying, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to punch your face... Like that's way scarier than somebody screaming at you, and and I thought like to me like he was calm, like calculated, like it was like John Wick, but like aimed at the ref. It was crazy. Um, uh, it was, uh, and and I mean getting to, and knowing Fred Van Vliet a little bit, my time coming to the league, like you know coming from him, you like you know he meant it. So, but Dan, <laughs> what, what sort of message though did the NBA send by fining him only thirty thousand dollars? Well, I mean, I think that's sort of the, um, like, between 25 and 30 is sort of like the, the sort of, like, going rate. And I think he probably, he got sort of an extra five for um, how colorful he was, I would say. But it could have been um, more, right? People I spoke to, yeah, there were people I spoke to in the NBA who thought it should be 50. 
you know, that like he crossed lines and stuff like that and that he went um, further than I like I anybody should because he made it personal. He wouldn't know? have cared and if it was 50. That wouldn't have made a dent. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it matters, right? Like there isn't really a number. I mean, I think sort of, look, I think the NBA has officiating issues. I think all pro sports have officiating issues in the sense that as we get access to more and more technology, as we watch games with quicker access to replay and stuff like that, you can see these things. Like, I covered a game earlier this year in Boston uh, that sort of famously ended with LeBron James on the court, full temper tantrum, after a very clear foul was missed, and a game that they ended up losing. Now, that, that missed call um, could have huge ramifications on the Lakers season, considering the, the situation they are in in the West where you're a sneeze away from being fifth or from being 13th, right? Like, it's going to could very well come down to one game or one win. And, you know, to me, I think there's always been discussions about does it mean more, do you need more challenges? Do you need a fourth official? I just think it's, it's not seriously, like, not unlike, you know, for instance, like the newspaper industry where it's just like good people have just left. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of good officials have moved into management and aren't on the court anymore or have retired or left the league for other reasons, you know, and they're trying to, to bring in a new crop of refs or some young refs in this league. And I think it's a really, really hard game to, to officiate and you get some messy situations. You just mentioned LeBron. How, do, how does this play out for LeBron at, at his age and where he's at? Yeah. And the Lakers, and at times it seemed like it was a carnival-type atmosphere where the team was playing terribly, and it was like, come on out and watch LeBron play because he's still doing his thing, but they stunk the joint out. Anthony Davis, it's like, is he going to play or is he not going to play? Just where is everything at, and where is everything at with LeBron? Yeah, you know, so he's recovering right now from this this foot tendon injury um, at least two weeks out in the most optimistic sort of projections that I've heard. Um, but he's begun the rehab process, which is promising, right? And the Lakers, I think, have played well enough to, like, make it worth it, um, you know, in terms of him coming back. But you're right. I mean, for a lot of the season, and the team struggled with this, was, like, sort of the push-pull between, you know, like, let's celebrate LeBron and his achievements, but, like, you know, we need to be about the business of winning, and we're not winning. Um, the night he broke the scoring record, was a very weird night inside the Laker locker room because you had one person rightfully over the moon ecstatic um, despite his team losing, but you had 14 guys who lost again that they thought they needed to win because they're in this dogfight who were miserable. And again, like, you know, it creates this weird tension, right? Like you see a video of Anthony Davis upset. You see um, things like that. And now look, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are incredibly close. And um, that was not, I'm pretty confident that that was not a personal issue. I, I do think that there was, though, a tension um, in addition to sort of the mismatched roster that, like, the losing and the individual celebration of LeBron James and all of this stuff, it, it just poses problems, right? Like, you have this guy getting all this adulation at a time when the team isn't winning. And this is a guy who has been about winning his whole career. And now, you know, he's sort of soaking in some of the individual stuff, which, you know, he's earned because no one's ever scored more points than him. Like, that's a very big deal. Uh, But naturally, like, you know, there's guys on the team who are like, yeah, like, that's exciting. But, like, they're also more worried about, 
you know, making sure this team doesn't miss the playoffs for the same series. Which, by the way, he is too. So it's just it was it was kind of like a weird sort of like storm of emotions inside their locker room. I will say it does feel like the clouds have been lifted a little bit. Um, the vibes are way improved post trade run. The team um, instead of just saying they can win, I think actually believes it. They're more balanced as a roster, and they're they're just in a better situation. Dan, uh, Canada's Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, yeah. Making a lot of headlines. <laughs> uh, obviously, Memphis oh, has been, been a really good team this year, but in a bit of a in a bit of a downward spiral since they lost Stephen Adams, and of course, losing the Grizzlies lose or the, sorry, the Grizzlies beat the Golden State Warriors last night. But the headline is the war of words between Draymond Green and you know Dylan Brooks, who's a bit of a Draymond Green light, I guess you could say, uh, in terms of his seniority in the league and his obviously the lack of championships on his resume. What do you, what do you make of uh, our young compatriot, Mr. Brooks, and his uh, jawing with the greatest of all trash talkers, uh, Draymond Green? I mean, I think it does sort of just speak to some of like the the good and the bad in Dylan Brooks, right? Like, I think the things that make him a valuable member of that team. Let's just talk like on the basketball court. One of the things that makes him incredibly valuable is like he doesn't back down yeah. from anybody, right? Like he is a he will go chest to chest with LeBron James and will and will play with him like he they are equals. You know, he's not intimidated. Um, I think those are also some of the issues with Dylan Brooks, right? Is that I you know, I can tell you that teams don't mind him shooting and they don't mind talking him into shooting because he thinks he can make every shot. Yeah. And it, you know what I mean? Like he said after the game like that he is a better player than Draymond Green. You know, and I think that's crazy. You know what I mean? To your point like you just said he's Draymond Green light, right? Like he thinks Draymond Green is Dylan Brooks light. Mm, <laughs> yeah, know? that's true. And, and, and there is I, I do find that when it comes to players that aren't in that like tippy top tier of the NBA. I generally find that like situation and opportunity like mean everything for role players. Like, you know, you can be successful on one team but you get traded or you sign somewhere else. Your 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 job changes just a little bit and you're not as good. I think that happens a lot. And I kinda think the thing that I'm learning more and more, you know, I'm I'm in year I think eleven covering the NBA right now, is like you gotta know who you are. Like you just have to be aware. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I'm not quite sure Dylan Brooks knows who. Well, and uh, as it stands right now, it'd be Golden State and Memphis playing each other in the playoffs, yeah. which would be uh, awesome uh, from an entertainment Good standpoint. Theater. Good theater. You, you watch the, the the West more than we do. Um, do you have a tough time finding the kind of top dog in that conference at the moment? Yeah, yeah, I really do. I, I was doing um, doing local TV here the other night and was asked you know, before the show sort of to, to answer these, these prompts. And one of them was like, who is trending in the right direction? And I said, obviously, it's the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. And I was asked who was trending in the, the wrong direction. I felt obviously it was the Clippers. Um, you know, by the time that night it ended, uh, Kevin Durant didn't make it through warmups. And I watched, you know, the Clippers address a bunch of their issues, I felt like, and they went against Toronto. Uh, you know, didn't play Russell Westbrook at all in the fourth quarter. Um, committed to the lineups they had, went more defensive-oriented. Um, their best defensive game since, um, you know, signing Russell Westbrook since the also break. Um, kind of feel like, huh, maybe they are going to sort out some of their rotational issues and tell some of these vets just to kind of deal with it. Maybe they will play Terrence Mann more 
and, and kind of stick with him. Maybe they will get healthy. Um, you know, and, and I, I think I had a conversation today with a colleague and it's just sort of like, it's funny putting these kinds of thoughts down on paper because you just kind of know in 20 minutes it's going to be outdated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, it just feels like right now, like, you know, like I feel pretty good about where the Lakers are at. Anthony Davis could get hurt. Like that's a very much in the cards for this team, right? Uh, or LeBron James could have a setback or um, they could just start losing too. Yeah. Um, you know, like nobody is that good. Nobody is that bad. Um, you know, I, I do sort of wonder if, you know, let's say Denver makes the NBA Finals. If we just look at look back at this and be like, what did we all miss? Did we create all this drama? Mm-hmm. Here was this team that has, you know, one of the two best players in the league this season or three best players um, in the league this season. They've had the best record. They're pretty drama-free. Um, you know, another Canadian, Jamal Murray, like, you know, rounding back into to form after being injured. They, they, they have continuity. They've been together. You know, what did we miss? Like we did, it all seems so obvious, mm-hmm. but like there isn't a ton of faith in Denver. No. Um, there's like prove it faith in Denver, and um, it, it's kind of opened up this gap. And I think people are skeptical about the Sacramento Kings, and so it leads to like a lot of like imaginary like, you know, well if the Lakers get it together, um, or you know, wow Phoenix, watch out, here comes the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, you could talk yourself into five or six teams. I think pretty easily, um, you know, I still tend to think that the, the scariest teams are the healthy sons. Um, who knows if we see them again? Um, and I, I, I kind of believe the Clippers mm. is sort of the team. I think, I mean, speaking of proven teams, but I, I just think that, you know, we're seeing Kawhi Leonard is playing kind of like 2019 Kawhi Leonard right now. Hey, he only needed a season and a half off Dan to, to get back to that. That's, level. Right. <laughs> That's right. I was going to say, I mean, this is, it really is a pretty tremendous life plan yeah. that he's curved out for himself where it's just like, let me just let me just rest up, recoup, I'll have three good months, and then I'll see you in two years. Well, the, the Raptors will have their hands full against. The Lakers team has been playing much better recently. You can see yeah. that game on TSN. Uh, Dan, appreciate you joining us. Good luck to your Chicago Bears, and uh, have, have fun with the rest of the NBA season. Guys, they'll probably screw it up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll take your word on that one. There you have it. Dan Wojcicki from the LA Times. Mail it in Friday is brought to you by Boston Pizza, Canada's favorite sports bar. The push to the playoffs is here, and BP's elite lineup of pizza, wings, and ice-cold beer is always dialed in for game time. Hustle into your local BP tonight and try our new four-cheese ravioli bites, a game-changing appy that's here for a limited time only. Mm. That's one way to kick off your weekend. Uh, coming up in the 6 o'clock hour, Mike Johnson, our hockey analyst, to set up the Leafs and the Oilers. Bob Weeks will join us from the Players' Championship as the Canadians making some news down in Florida. Oh, yeah. All that and much more. Overdrive on TSN 1050 and the TSN app.